It was on mute. Okay. Uh, my, my wife and I are from North Carolina. We grew up there about a mile apart if you went through the woods, about three miles if you went around the road. And uh, we went to different schools and different churches, but she and her family was a singing family, and um, they, uh, they used to come over to the church where my family and I attended. My dad got saved in that church when I was 11 years old, and her first cousin much older than us, but her first cousin was our pastor. I still have a son and his family that are there, uh, a grandson and his family that are there, a granddaughter and his family that are there, uh, and uh, what did I say? Grandson and their family. Anyway, uh, and, and by the way, we have a grandson-in-law that's a preacher now. Uh, had the privilege to lead him to the Lord in Hillsborough, Kansas, while we were starting a church there. And um, our granddaughter came out to Kansas and ended up, uh, they ended up getting married. He ended up getting saved uh, through that. And um, as, as God worked on his heart, and, and uh, well, I remember uh, what God done. And so that's a family, that's a church back there in North Carolina that, that six generations of our family. Uh, have have been in, and I praise God for that. And uh, it don't take long for six generations to pass. That church started in 1955. I remember when it started, and so that's uh, that's where Ann and I got saved. And uh, uh, we, um, you know, it's just, it just it carries much memory for us, and we thank God for that. Well, uh, God called me to preach in 1974, and um, be honest with you, I was pastoring that fall. I don't, I don't promote that. I know what the Bible says. I'm just telling you where I was. And God had blessed in spite of. Don't mean for you to do anything like that or you to encourage anyone. I do not. I'm just telling you that's where I am. Uh, the, uh, I did not have any uh, formal education in, in, in the respect, just uh, not even a full high school at that time. And... Uh, but God has, uh, has blessed through the years, and I praise him for what he's done. I started Vision Baptist Church uh, in Miller's Creek, North Carolina, in 1979 as the Lord led us. I didn't know anything about church planning. I just knew that there was, there was an area there that had a need. I had a burden. I did not know that anyone else had ever thought about starting a church. This is the honest truth. And after we started the church, within a year, a man had approached me and said, I heard you're talking about building a building. And I said, well, uh, we've talked about it. We don't have any money. We don't have any land. We're just, uh, we just talked about it. I said, I only know two things. Number one is God sent me here to preach. And if I preach, I, number two, I've got to have a place. That's the two things I know. I'm here. And uh, we're just trusting the Lord, meeting in an old house that we had remodeled that was 12 inches off level and was afraid to jack it up. So I shimmed the, the floor to make it about halfway level and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and God began to bless and people began to get saved and, and uh, uh, it was, it was uh, an exciting, wonderful time in our 
lives. And, and God took what we didn't know and took what he did know and put it together and, and made a wonderful ministry. So this man approached me and said, uh, uh, after he said that, he said, I've got a piece of land that I'll give the church. Uh, if you are interested in building a building. We looked at it, crawled around through the briars. And I mean, literally, because we couldn't get through and the, and the vines, we couldn't walk through it, and we crawled around. And um, we accepted that piece of property. And uh, the, it's a whole, I could give you a whole story about that. But I stayed there almost 10 years. I was on the part of starting a church, remaining as a pastor. I thought it'd be my life's work. And God began to deal with me about leaving. And I eventually did so. And, uh, and they called my oldest son, Farrell, who was, I think, 13 years old when we started. We started 1974. Um, no, excuse me, 1979. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I surrendered to preach in 1974. 1979, he's born in 65. You figured out. I'm talking. I can't think. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, Anyway, he was uh, uh, just a young boy when we started. God had called him to preach. He had married. And uh, so the church called him as our uh, pastor. And uh, he stayed there almost 26 years or almost 25 years, one or the other. And then the church called him to Kentucky. And we uh, have now been in Kansas. We, we, God dealt with us on July the 4th, 1990 about church planting. And uh, this time it was not to plant a church and remain as pastor, but it was to plant a church. I heard about an area in Kansas that just didn't have any fundamental work. We had never been to Kansas, didn't know anything about it. So we made a survey trip out uh, just to see what it was like with the intention we'll sell our home and move. When we got out there in Washington County, Kansas, and and saw the economic situation back in 1990. We felt like the Lord would have us to raise financial support. We did so, and we moved in May of 93. And since then, the Lord's allowed us to uh, plant four churches, uh, leave all of them with a, uh, a paid-for building, supporting missionaries, and with a pastor. And so um, uh, we're now on our fifth church plant. We've helped... Uh, we've helped some other churches get started that we was not the, uh, per se, the church planner, but someone else was, and God's, God's blessed in that area. This is, we're in Hayes, Kansas now. This is the first town we've been in that's not been a little small town, uh, anywhere from 1,300 to, to um, uh, three or 4,000, and, and, um, but this town is, is about 21,000 people, and they have 5,000 students at Fort Hayes State University. And it is the German capital of Kansas, and, and Catholicism uh, is by far the leading uh, religion. I've even got into one retired uh, Catholic priest home uh, since I've been there. And so we are, um, uh, we're laboring there. Uh, to start a church. And by the way, that 30-foot sign is an inherited sign. We leased a building, and, and the sign come with it. And we've, we've put up a, uh, you know, we had to do some work on it, and, and then we've got a marquee. The economic developer, director, 
told me that that street is the busiest street in Hayes, Kansas. And he said 35,000 cars pass our building every day uh, on average. And so we've now got a marquee. And um, uh, we ended up, a church gave me $5,600 uh, to um, uh, put up a, a marquee. By the way, Washington, Kansas, you've been there, Brother Doug, Miss Lisa. Washington, Kansas, where we started that church, I bought two houses for $5,100 there. Remodeled one of them into the church building, and, and um, uh, they're still using that building, and it's still doing well. And uh, so we get $5,100 for two houses with two lots and all this. One of them's been torn down, made a parking lot, and we've got a $5,600 church sign in this one, still in a rented building. We pay $1,500 a month rent on a storefront building. You say, why don't you buy something? Well, I did inquire about a building the other day, and it's repossessed by the bank, and um, uh, it's not as large as this building, and I'm told they want 900000 for it, just a metal building. There is a there is about a two-acre lot uh, on 27th Street right beside the cemetery. There is a two-acre lot there. They want 900000 for that lot. And so um, uh, that tells you why we've not bought something and why we're paying $1,500 a month uh, rent on a storefront building with about 2,500 square feet. We're getting ready in April. Uh, we've got some help coming in. and We're getting ready in April if we can get the materials together to move out of part of it into the other. We're going to make where we're having our sanctuary now. We're going to have as a, a entryway and all of this, and then we're going in the back and have a, a, a little larger, well, somewhat larger and better uh, sanctuary. So you pray with us about that as God... Uh, provides when you uh, we need ten foot studs and they're seven dollars ninety eight cents a piece at as of last week if they've not went up uh, and it's amazing it's amazing I've been in uh, I've been in building back in the past and I, I just I just can't can imagine I recently bought a piece of three quarter plywood and gave sixty some dollars for it sixty some dollars for a piece of three quarter inch plywood. Where we're at, you, you know well as I do. But can I tell you something? God knows about it. Amen. It's God's work. God can supply our needs according to, not out of, but according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus as he told the mission-supporting giving church at Philippi. It's, it, that's why he said that, by the way. That's the context of Philippians 4.19. And so uh, don't be afraid to give. God will give back and, and trust Him. Uh, walk with Him and, and, and look at this. Well, uh, you pray for us. This time God has given us a young family uh, to come with us. It's the most... I stand amazed at how that God works. And, and sometimes I think, well, I... He's done it before. And... He's done so much, why should I be amazed? But at the same time, I pray, God, don't let it become 
commonplace to me. When you do something, let me stand in awe at the greatness of God. And we actually thought, Annie and I thought that the church at Larning, that we have now turned over to Brother Kuhn, that Brother Bell mentioned, uh, we actually expected that to be our last church plant. We have been talking, where are we going from here? Are we going back to North Carolina? We left there in 1993. Uh, we, we've got, as you know, the son uh, Farrell that pastors in Madisonville. We've got Joshua, our grandson, that pastors down in, in, uh, over in Oklahoma. Uh, and, and, and just where do we go and what is going on? And, and I began to get a burden about Hayes, Kansas, because there is an independent Baptist church there. A, an independent Baptist church, 21,000 people in the town. But some years ago, they left the Bible. When a new pastor came in, he led them into another. I thought they went to the New King James. But I found out the other day uh, that they've, it's much further. I've forgotten now which one it is. There's so many of them, you know, NIV, MIC, KEY, all these different ones. And, and, uh, but they've left the Bible. They also left songs like we sung this morning that stirs your heart, reminds you of who God is and what God's doing and what he can do. And so they went to the worldly type of music. And so I began to get a burden and praying, God, send someone. Really, that's what I was praying. God, raise somebody up and send them to Hayes, Kansas. There needs to be something that has at least got the Word of God. And as it went on, I began to realize, and I talked with my wife, and I began to realize I believe God's leading us to Kansas. I mean, excuse me, to, to Hayes, Kansas. So what we began to pray is, God, you see, I, I turned 73 uh, in February. And uh, both of us have some health problems. And, and so I, I began to pray, God, if you want us to go to Kansas, send us someone, give us someone to go with us. If you want us to go to Hayes. Give us a young family that wants to stay there and pastor. A young man that wants to stay there and pastor. Give us a family like that. Well, I've been teaching in Dodge City for, uh, this is my fourth year of, um, of teaching in a Bible institute and uh, just a local church. And uh, the assistant pastor there, I was preaching a missions conference there and he came and said to me, I think it was year before last, and he said, Brother Shepherd, Brother Schrock, the pastor, he said, Brother Schrock wants you to sit down with me, wants to know if you will sit down with me and talk to me about church planting. And I said, yes, sir, I'd be glad to. We set up a time. But I told my wife the night before that I was going to meet, I said, I suspect that Brother Middlebrooks is going to tell me God wants him to go to, to, go to Hayes and start a church. And so I wrote down just on a, uh, on a little uh, blank sheet of paper like this, just a little half sheet, and put it in the front of my Bible. 
And, and I mentioned that um, uh, uh, we've been praying and, and, and feel led to go to Hayes, Kansas to plant a, uh, a church and that a, um, uh, another pastor in Kansas has asked us if we would be uh, if we would consider working with them because they have been praying, another pastor that I know has been praying about that town as a church plant out of their church. And so we had discussed it a little bit, and Brother Matthews and I had discussed it, and so we went on uh, from there. And I wrote that down, and uh, then um, when he told me that, that they were praying about planting a church in Hayes, Kansas, I pulled out my little sheet of paper and laid it down in front of him and he read that and realized God's leading us both and I said, would you pray with me about this? I don't think it would be good. I don't think the lost community would, uh, would, would recognize uh, those that are unsaved would, would understand two independent Baptist preachers coming to the same town to start a church at the same time as few Baptist churches as there is in Kansas. Okay, And so... Um, uh, he said, I'll pray with you about it and, and uh, because they also had that burden. And, uh, but then the, another amazing thing, and I'm not reading more into this than I should, I don't think, but another amazing thing is uh, I had uh, told Ann, I've been starting the churches and naming them after the community, Smoky Valley Baptist Church and Cottonwood Valley Baptist Church and Larned Independent Baptist Church and so on. And, uh, but I said, I believe that the Lord would lead us uh, to make a statement and call it Old Paths Baptist Church. Jeremiah 6.16, ask for the old paths, wherein are the good ways. And so um, uh, it was amazing when I found out that was the same name that he had uh, chosen for the church. And so we're laboring there together, uh, if you will. And you pray much for us that God will help us and, and we'll get through the little rough spots when they come and, and the different things and God will uh, put this thing together as needs to be to the glory and honor of God. Well, thank you for your support, and I apologize. I did not know. Listen, our prayer letter's going somewhere out there. Uh, if it's not coming to Sooner Rose Baptist Church, because I've got a hard copy list, and I make sure that I send them, uh, and 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 I I sent one out earlier this month. I'm not a good tech man, so but anyway, we'll try to get it uh, get it together. And you pray for us. And and in our prayer letter uh, month, I mean uh, a little bit back, I mentioned our youngest son, who is a preacher in and and in, in that church that I grew up in, not a pastor but a preacher, and um, uh, he's been diagnosed with non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. I know it's non-alcoholic because he does not drink and, and has not drunk other than tasted when he was a young man. And, uh, but uh, he's back to work, and thank you for praying. I appreciate if you'll continue to pray for him. His wife's a real bad asthmatic and is probably in the bed more than days than she's out because of her breathing. And please also, uh, if you will, pray 
for uh, some other changes that, uh, that are in their lives. Also, Ann is scheduled to go back to the orthopedic surgeon. These are health needs. Scheduled to go back to the orthopedic surgeon in two weeks where they're going to schedule her for a total knee replacement. On top of all of this, I said we're going to work on the building in April, uh, and we just closed on a house March the 8th, and it is almost a complete remodel for us just to get into it. And it's the only way we could buy a house uh, that in, in the housing market today, okay? And so <laughs> things are, and, and, but the Lord knows all about it. And certainly we want, to, uh, we want to do the right thing. We're living in an 850 square foot apartment. Uh, we're the closest that we've been since we were teenagers. <laughs> Amen. We had to downsize from that 50-pound English bulldog to a five-pound Maltese. <laughs> Amen. But it's good. We've got, um, there's 42 apartments in that, in that housing complex, and most of them are Catholic, and we, you know, it's very little that we can say, but we can say something, and, and um, they know who we are and, and, and all of this, and they know what we stand for, and, and I've been able to give several uh, gospel tracts and, and um, uh, pray for them and, and talk with some of them, and every once in a while now, uh, they'll request a prayer and, and all of that, so... Uh, I'm, one of my prayers is that God would save someone and get someone into the house of God uh, uh, as a result of us being there in that place. And, and, and God's blessed. Listen, we have not had a heat bill or an air conditioner bill over $70, no, $72, over $72. All, we did not turn our heat on until December the 30th. It has got down to below zero, and we've had to turn our air conditioner on. We're on the second floor. Somebody downstairs and beside of us must have their heat way up because we just hardly use heat. It's, it's amazing. And God's, I, I say God's doing this to save us he knew about the rise in prices, and so here we are. Yeah, you think whatever you want to, it's all right. If I'm dreaming, let me dream on. Um, all right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for your prayer support. Again, I enjoyed being in the prayer meeting uh, last night, and um, uh, I praise God uh, for Brother Bell being gracious and allowing us to come. We just wanted to come by. Uh, it was a, I call them convenience meetings uh, in the respect that, uh, you know, it, it helps us, helped us to have a stopping place and, and he was gracious enough to invite us to preach. Last time, it was an ice storm and, and it was just as Joshua uh, had moved and we went down and, and, um, uh, and, and was coming back and had waited uh, to come, and when Brother Bale said there's ice storm coming and all of this, and we knew what was happening, and and we said we believe we'll try to get home, and we we did, but it was slow going, and uh, anyway, praise the Lord for this opportunity.
to be here. Second Corinthians chapter 4, would you stand with me just a moment as I read just a few verses of Scripture? And, and I sometimes clarify this when I'm... Uh, it, it, it is just over the years has become my custom to ask you to stand. Uh, one of the things that gives you just an opportunity to stretch just a moment, uh, it shows respect to the Word of God, but it does not mean if somebody else don't ask, ask you to stand that I am respecting the Word of God more than somebody else. I read while I'm sitting down too. You understand that? So I don't stand up every time. And I don't ask you to stand if I quote a scripture or if I turn to a scripture while I'm preaching. I don't ask you to stand. So, so just understand that I ask you to stand and let's just leave it right there. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll begin reading uh, with verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God. And not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. And by the way, if I could stop there a moment, if you want to read about what Paul's calling light affliction, make you a note to later on read 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty through through 28. Things like shipwrecks in watchings often. In other words, sleepless nights, all kinds of things that he talks about there. Here he calls, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, which we look not, or excuse me, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray together. Father, I bow in your uh, great and wonderful presence this morning, thanking you, Lord, for the opportunity to be at Sooner Rose Baptist Church one more time. I thank you, dear Lord, for what you have done and are doing in and through this congregation of people. Dear Father, I praise you, uh, Lord, again for the privilege. My heart was encouraged and blessed by being in the prayer meeting 
last night and then meeting with the men in the uh, pastor study this morning. I thank you, dear God, for the young man that uh, blessed and encouraged my heart this morning as he uh, gave the, if you want to call it a devotional, uh, and I thank you, Lord, for uh, Brother Pollard as he brought uh, the, the message, the lesson in Sunday school this morning. And our hearts was encouraged and stirred again. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the testimonies and, Father, of, of the work of God that you are doing. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful building that you have given this church. And, and Lord, for uh, giving them a pastor that loves and cares for them and giving the the a people that love and care for them. And dear God, work a great work and do even greater things in these days to come. Lord, as we await your coming, busy about doing what you would have us to do to thy glory. Other churches will meet uh, this morning, our meeting, and pray for your help. And dear God, work across the world for you is being done, dear Lord. And and Satan is working hard against it. But I thank you, Lord, uh, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Please have your way today and use us and we'll thank you, dear God, if there's one today that does not know Jesus in the free pardon of sin. If there's one today, Lord, that is struggling with, with, with whether or not it's real in their lives. Dear God, I pray in Jesus' name, do something through your word, through your spirit, dear God, to help them uh, sow a seed, water a seed, bring to harvest that that others uh, have planted and sowed. And Lord, we'll thank you for what is accomplished. Encourage your people today. In Jesus' name, I pray that you will get glory. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I I broke into the scripture just instead of reading all that it tells us about this. But he's talked about in verse 3 that if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. It also tells us in verse 4 that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. You see, we we think sometimes that we have the ability in ourselves uh, to persuade men to come to know Christ. But, But Satan, we're coming up against an opposition. The God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of them uh, lest they should believe. So uh, what do we do? We present the gospel. Uh, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them uh, that are lost. And and we know there's only one way of salvation, and that's through and by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that the gospel uh, is important and must be preached. And, and the gospel in a nutshell is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we read in 1 Corinthians 15. But as we look at these things, Paul said, but we preach not ourselves. You see, we don't rely upon ourselves. We're not preaching ourselves. We're not saying, look what we do. When, when I sometimes give an update, on things that uh, God has or is doing, 
uh, through the ministry that he's allowed us to be a part of, uh, I am fearful sometimes that people think that I am bragging on look what we have done. But honestly, before the Lord, my intent is to say, look what God has done. We preach not ourselves. And, and so uh, I look at this, we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves your servants. Brother mentioned this morning about how that Paul over and over mentioned being uh, uh, the servant of the Lord. Uh, I, in, in Romans 7, uh, he talks about us yielding ourselves yielding our members as instruments of righteousness. Several times in Romans 7, he uses that word yield, yield yourselves, uh, your members as servants unto righteousness and and all of this. So he, he mentions those things speaking to believers. Well, as we look at this scripture, he is also speaking to believers, as he mentions uh, speaking to the believers and about the gospel, how important it is that it be preached and uh, so that Christ can be glorified and and that uh, the glorious gospel, the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them, uh, then he said, we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and your, ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Then he says, for God who uh, commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And again, that word for in verse 5 uh, uh, I believe it's Brother Pollard uh, mentioned this morning uh, when we came to the word therefore. He said, what does that mean? And, and, and somebody said, because of this. Uh, the word for and because many times in the scriptures can be interchanged. Uh, and and that's, that's how, um, if you want to say our friends, or that's how, uh, for an example, the church of Christ uh, gets mixed up, uh, be baptized for the remission of sins. And they say then uh, that, that salvation comes through baptism. But what about be baptized because of the remission of your sins? And I can, I can prove in the scriptures where the words have been interchanged by in the Bible. And so uh, understand uh, that be baptized Therefore, if you wanted to say, that would be a true statement. Be baptized, therefore, or because of the remission of your sin. It's a testimony to the world. Outwardly, that something's happened inwardly, and it points back to the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Having said that, I want to get into actually the gist of my message, and, and you bear with me. I'm, I'm, I'm. Um, hey, it's just um, um, five minutes after eleven. Okay, I'm looking at the clock. Does your clock lie? 
I just want to give you these thoughts this morning. I, I, I really, I, I promise you, I preached this message uh, uh, one time before, and um, uh, I preached it in two messages. But, but, and, and don't get nervous. I, I probably shouldn't have said that, but don't get nervous. But I'll just, I'll, I'll just be a few moments. If I can give you the gist, I believe that, uh, that the majority of you can go on further in this. And, and, and you probably, it's, you're not getting something new anyway. Uh, it's from the Word of God. And if you're a Bible-read person, you're not getting anything. If you're not a Bible-read person, then, then start in here and do some study and look at this and wait on the Lord. Uh, as as the brother said, listen. What I want to what I want to use today is just simply this thought. He says in in, in verse six, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. You see, you can't get saved until the gospel penetrates. Your sinful state. But the gospel is the light that will show you the way. Can I give you an illustration out of my past? When I was a boy, I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina. There was one county between us and Virginia, and one county uh, north, and one county between us and Tennessee west. I grew up in the mountains, and we always had hunting dogs. And so we would go hunting. When we were smaller, we went possum hunting. And no, I've never eat a possum. Though my, one of my relatives would tell us occasionally, if you will, if you will fatten me a possum up, feeding it on buttermilk and cornbread for two weeks to clean its system out, I'll give you a dollar for it. So we'd do that once in a while. But we hunted just for fun. Later on, we coon hunted. Okay? But uh, we, me and my brother started out, when we started hunting, we had a kerosene lantern. We didn't even have a flashlight when we started coon hunting to, to shine up to, you know, a coon, look at the light, and then you can use your rifle on it. But... We just had a kerosene lantern. I know Brother Pollard uh, has used a kerosene lantern. I'm assuming he's old enough to, anyway, <laughs> grew up in that era. But a kerosene lantern, even with a globe clean good and a wick trimmed, didn't give you much of a light. But it did give you enough light to where you could walk and hopefully not step in a rat- on a rattlesnake Uh, in the darkness or fall in a hole or stumble or something like that over a rock. It'd give you light. Now, I'm I'm using this as an illustration. The, the, The gospel is a light that shines into the heart. It penetrates the darkness that sin has caused, that Satan has caused through the sin. He has blinded the minds, the minds, if you will. And so uh, that light shines in. That light, that kerosene lantern that I carried, Brother Pollard gave me a few steps. Just, I didn't, couldn't see all the way home. But if I followed the light and stayed in the light, 
as Brother Chris said this morning, as I waited on the Lord, as I followed the light, the light has took me home many a time. Through miles and over many mountains, it's taken me home. And the gospel is a light. God's word is a light. And my friends, today that light, if you'll follow the light that God has given you, when he sparks that light, if you will just not reject that light, even if you don't understand it, accept the light that God has given you, he'll lead you home. All the way home. So I look at this, and it talks about that light. So uh, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our heart. Remember now, he's talking to the believer. This is past tense. This is what has happened. Hath shined in our heart. What for? To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. But then there comes a transition in that scripture. But we have this treasure. What treasure? That treasure that the light has brought, I'll just say salvation. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. I got to reading this scripture sometime back and I, uh, I've, I've thought this in my mind. Maybe nobody else has and you probably have. But, but I've thought in my mind, why didn't God, when He saved us, why didn't he make such a difference? I don't mean, and, and I do believe that, that salvation makes a difference in our lives. We become new creatures. I'm a firm believer of that. But, but why didn't he make such a difference in our physical? Because that's what people see. Why didn't he make such a difference that all believers don't get cancer? That all believers don't have heart attacks? That all believers don't get all of the diseases that other people do? That when a believer falls, they don't break a limb? That believers don't ever have car accidents, and end up mangled. And lame. I know a man, um, I was able to witness to him uh, when we was in the first church. He did not get saved, but, but I was able to witness to him and he ran a car lot. And uh, uh, when I first moved, he loaned me a car with a dealer tag while I was going somewhere to preach and only had one vehicle. And we lived seven miles out of town and, and only knew about a half a dozen people in the, in, in the state of Kansas. And I didn't want to leave my wife stranded and she was unable to go. He loaned me a car. That's the kind of man that he was. But I, I sat in his home and, and in his business and I, I, I kept sharing the gospel and kept sharing the gospel. Well, he's now a member of that church and been saved by the grace of God. But recently, uh, he started to get either out or in his car, and, and 
on the side of the road and somebody come along and hit that, uh, that car door and shoved it so hard uh, that, uh, that it mangled his leg below the knee and the, now they've had to amputate his leg. Why? Why didn't God do something to where that believers don't have to go through the same things that lost people do? Well, God gives us the answer right here in the Scripture. And I've known this, but somehow it did not come to culmination until just recently. I, I knew it, but at the same time didn't know how to put it into words. And God has done it. Listen to what He says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this, that, that's our bodies. And, and earthen, we are, we're bound to this earth. We are of the earth. We are of the dust. I used to know a man that used to say, ever since God um, uh, made that first mud man and stood him up. And I asked him one day, I said, where do you get that it was mud? The Bible said it was dust. Looks to me like dust is dirt that don't have water in it. But God talks about His Word being water. He said, I never thought about it. I just thought that's the way He stood on His feet because he, God took dirt and put it together and stacked up and made a mud man like making mud pies. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, that's a little aside. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the reason, and here's the whole answer, and you can read all these other things, but uh, the reason is that we have this, and God didn't take us out of this body when He saved us. Why didn't when He saved us, why didn't He just take us on to heaven? Uh, So maybe that we would not falter and maybe even bring reproach upon His name. Why didn't He just save us and take us to heaven? Right, Right, here's the answer, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We think we are strong. We sometimes pride ourselves in being strong. My dad was a bootlegger back in the 40s, before I was born, thank God. But, but he was a bootlegger, got caught at, at a liquor steal. And, um, but my dad had been a drunk. He told me that, uh, that, that when he quit drinking as a lost man, that he couldn't get a cup of coffee to his mouth without sloshing it out. He told me that he used to keep a half a gallon of, of moonshine sitting uh, by the edge of his bed, wake up in the middle of the night, pour him out a snuff glass full and drink it to sleep. My dad read the Bible for two years at least before he got saved, I've got the Bible where he put the notes in it, dates in it. And he got saved by the grace of God. But he had been sober from 1949, excuse me, 1945 until 1955. He was just a sober unsaved man for 10 years. He quit drinking without Alcoholics Anonymous. He just made up his mind and by the willpower that he was not going to let anything control him like liquor was controlling him. A man that I used to pastor told me that, uh, that, that he come along one night, way in the night, 
uh, and uh, near where we lived, and, and he came by, and Daddy was staggering around uh, in the road, and he stopped and, and, and said, Mr. Shepherd said, uh, uh, is something wrong? And he said, uh, Daddy said, I got out of, the, out of my car, and somebody stole it, and I'm trying to find it. Well, he knew he's drunk. He got him in, and about two miles up the road, found his car sitting in the middle of the road running, idling. He'd gotten so drunk that he got out. He was driving, but he got out and, and, and then couldn't find his way back to his car. That's how drunk he was. But he said, I made up my mind that nothing is going to have this hold on me. So he turned over a new leaf and all that. But he didn't get saved till 10 years later. If he'd have died in that 10 years, he'd have been sober, but he went to hell. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just telling you today that, uh, that, that, that he was in the flesh, but we as saved people are in the flesh, but we have this treasure within us, and by the way, it should change our outward. It should change the way that we live. But when it does, it's to bring glory to God, that excellence of his power. And, and he goes on to say, and I'm through, We're troubled on every side, but not distressed. The world seeks to conform us. My wife used to paint for a studio uh, where that um, an artist, I've forgotten his name, it's slipped my mind uh, right now, but um, Tom Clark. You may have seen Tom Clark figurines. She used to paint for the studio that made those. He He would sculpt a figure, and very intricate. And and, and he would sculpt that, make a mold for it, and then they would mass produce them. And uh, uh, she would paint these, and after they painted them, then they would fire them, uh, you know, in in an oven. And and she did that from home. And, and, And here's my reason for saying that. That mold pressed in in such a manner that when that mold was removed, it was compressed into that. Uh, The Bible says, and be not conformed to this world. That's what a mold does. It, It presses in from the outside to the point that we become molded to what the outside was. And that's why the Bible says uh, in Romans 12 for the believer to not be conformed to this world but to be transformed which is an inward thing and it's the thing that happens as you know uh, we call metamorphosis where the, uh, the caterpillar builds a cocoon or a coffin around itself and God does a work inside and it comes out a butterfly never to be a never to be a caterpillar, never crawling around in the filth of this world again, uh, but it becomes a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, we, we look at this, and he said, we are, we are, let me get it again, we are troubled on every side. The world is troubling us on every side. Troubles come from everywhere, all kinds of troubles. Uh, we're troubled on every side but we're not broken, distressed. Wood can get so twisted. 
Hugo came through and blew in in 1989. We was living in North Carolina. And it come up through Charleston, South Carolina came, came on line, and, and the winds in, in the mountains of North Carolina, we got, we got winds. Winds, some of them high up, but we got strong winds. There was a lot of mature timber. Wilkes County is 70% wooded. Wilkes County is where we live. It's still 70% wooded. But there was a lot of big mature timber. Some of it just second generation from the time they cut it one time and, 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 and the second growth that had not been cut. They, the sawmillers thought, boy, you know, we, we've, we'll clean all this up. So they, they cut all of that downed timber as quickly as they could. They got it to the sawmill. They sawed it and then they sold it like they normally did to the furniture companies over in Caldwell County, Lenore and that area where Broyhill and, and some others. But it wasn't long when they began to dry kill that lumber after they'd air dried it a little bit and, and they began to notice that there's stress cracks and they banned buying all lumber from Wilkes County for a long time. That lumber was worthless. It had become distressed in the storm and had would come apart. Little little stress marks. And and as it began to dry, it cracked. And, and basically it was firewood instead of lumber. Breaking under pressure. We are, he, he, said, he said for the believer, we are troubled. He included himself. We are troubled on every side. But <laughs> he said, but not distressed. We've not given up hope. We're not breaking under pressure. We're going on to the glory of God in spite of the troubles. Well, we're perplexed. Perplexed actually means, one of the meanings of that is this. We're so troubled and we're in such a situation that I I just don't know what to do. But the idea is, I may not know the way but he does. I may not can see very far, and I'm wondering what's going to happen. $4 a gallon gas, $5 a gallon gas, California's $7 and something a gallon gas. What's going to happen? I don't know. I know who does. I I know who does. Uh, Listen, We may be perplexed, but can I tell you today, he's not. And we should not, the idea is we should not give up. We don't need to give up. It is not hopeless, and I'm not just talking about financially. Listen, we're living in a dark world. 
absolutely we're living in a dark world. I had a man to leave uh, the church plant uh, not too long ago. One of the reasons was he runs a restaurant. He's a partner. He's a 40% partner in in the largest steakhouse in Hayes. And one day just right in the very beginnings, he and I were, were together in my uh, pickup truck and, and, and was doing something and, 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 and out of the storage for the church. And he said, uh, I, do you, would you mind telling me how much the storage is on this building? And I told him, he said, I, I need to rent one. He said, I, I've got my garage uh, full of liquor for the restaurant. Well, what do I say? And as gently as I could, I broached the subject and and let him know that the Scripture taught that a believer should not be dabbling in something like this. Okay? Anyway, but guess what? He's in another town in an independent Baptist church that knows this. You see? We're in a dark world. And we are in a minority. But I want to tell you today, all of it comes down to this. And we are in this old earthen vessel, but it's that the power of the excellency of God might be magnified. When we overcome, when we stay true, it glorifies God. Now, one illustration, I'm through. Let me get a drink of water if I can stop just a moment. My wife prepares me wonderful meals, as you can tell. But what if? Or the Bales have graciously said they're going to feed us lunch today. What if? I'll just say with Miss Lisa. They, she and Brother Doug brings us a wonderful meal. And, and I'm looking forward to it. They've already told me what we're going to eat, and I love it. Uh, but, but here we are. And, and they, they bring the meal, and they got all this together. And I say, my land, those are beautiful plates. And, and, and what wonderful silverware and all of that. And I brag up the vessel that they've brought the food on. But I say nothing about the wonderful food that's on there. We have this treasure. The light of the glorious gospel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And sometimes we give more glory to the vessel than we do to what's put in it. If you, can, if you can get that picture, that's, that, that, that's the idea. But if we go on and when we're troubled on every hand, on every side, and we've pressed upon, if we don't, if we don't break under pressure, it brings honor and glory to God. Why then, can you see, if I can make this connection, why then did God leave us in this flesh that is sinful, why did He leave us in this earthen vessel and save 
that that's within. That's the real us, real we. Why, why did he do this? That God might be glorified. That's the whole thing, that God might be glorified. And so that's why Paul could say, when I'm weak, then he's strong. When, when, when we come short, if you will, in our daily lives, it don't bring glory to God. But when we continue on in spite of everything that's going on, people see the grace of God in their life and they say, boy, what they've got must be real. And that's what God wants in our lives. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And we have it, God allowed it to be like that. Not so the vessel can be honored, but that which we have within, and of course that we have within came through the light of the glorious gospel. And of course, in that respect then, it brings honor and glory to God. So you read on about those different things and look at the word pictures that are within this. And I believe it will honor and magnify the Lord if you can get a hold of this. I wish I could convey this to you better than, than what I am today. But I hope God takes this and works in your heart. And, and when you see how weak you are. We all know, if we will admit it, we all know that we're nothing but weak vessels. We're earthen vessels. We're bound to the earth. We are of the earth. But that that's within. That that's within. And what God has done within to those that are saved should bring glory to His name. He is worthy. Father, please take the message and Brother Bale concludes the service today. I pray your name will be honored somehow through the scattered remarks. I pray that you will work a work in every heart, if there's one today that does not know Christ in the free pardon of sin, I pray in Jesus' name you will have spoken to them in some way and will continue to do so. And I pray, Lord, there will be salvations. I pray there will be uh, children of God will be encouraged and that we'll go on to serve you in every way possible that you might be magnified. You're worthy. That we may decrease, but he may increase. Thank you, in Jesus' name.